Welcome, welcome to episode seven, BC Banter on the Heights, the weekly Boston College podcast hosted by myself, Brett Ryder, and Pete Collins. Today, we will look at BC's marquee matchup of the football season, the Red Bandana game. Uh, We're also going to rank the Red Bandana games uh, from the previous eight years and another round of the not-so-famous yet 20 questions with Brett. But first and foremost, Pete, we saw an old friend this weekend. Our good buddy, AJ. That's right. AJ Dillon uh, returned. Well, not returned because it was in Lambeau, but returned Mm -hmm. to the forefront of our minds, maybe. uh, To our screens. To our screens. Um, He carried it a team high. He had 17 carries, 73 yards, a catch for 11 yards. And the part that most impressed me really was um, the last drive of the game, overtime, six carries, 24 yards, set up the final drive to for the Packers to kick a game-winning field goal, similarly to how BC had a game-winning drive to kick a game-winning field goal. So, I don't know, it's kind of cool to see a BC alum playing such a pivotal role in a game. Uh, especially for a good team like the Packers, even though they had to beat our boys, the Patriots. It was just nice to see. Nice to see. I was a little, <laughs> a little pissed because I have Aaron Jones on my fantasy <laughs> team. So, <laughs> you want to know what he, you know? Coach Lafleur said that, um, you know, he was talking about the decision to have AJ in at the end of the game, and he said uh, that he liked his downhill running and that he was able to move the pile a bit more than Jones. So you almost like as a as a Jones owner in fantasy, you're kind of a little. I would be worried about that comment. Yeah. I tried to handcuff him. Someone grabbed him like the pick before me later in the, the draft, which is pretty upset about on, on two levels. One, right. one for the handcuff, but also like, I just, I, I drive, I've drafted him like every year. So I was a little butthurt. Do you have Matt Ryan? I did. I took Matt Ryan with my last, with my last pick. Um, just because I wanted it to say like, you know, you know how they have like the draft percentages or whatever yeah. or own, owned by or whatever. I just, yeah. I just, I just felt like I had to do my part. It was only like 20 something percent, but I, he, he got cut. He's cut. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. He's not having the year you want him to have. Surprisingly, we, we, we won't get too off topic, but real quick, um, kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed. I, I thought that he was going to be there kind of there, I guess, missing missing link i thought i thought i thought he would be great with them yeah i didn't suspect he'd be or not him but just the team in general the offense in general be as bad you're right i don't want to digress too much um one of the reoccurring topics that we'll have throughout the season is comparing this year to the 2015 bc eagles um they both played louisville each year this year we win. Um, we beat Louisville in a high-scoring affair. Zay's throwing the ball to Phil, or sorry, Phil's throwing the ball to Zay. Um, connects for two bombs. Phil's throwing it all over, accurate as all hell. Defense contributes, makes some big stops. You know the outlook we have on the rest of the season is we maybe we win four games, but most likely going to win three games, which is exactly how it ended up for the 2015 bc eagles you know do you want to do you want to do you want to test me and ask me um what the outcome to the louisville game was do you have it in front of you yeah i do have it in front of me do you know what the score of the 2015 bc uh louisville game was was it 17 to 14 yep and who won 
I'm such a loser. Do you remember who was on that team? Who who was the quarterback for for Louisville? Yeah. I don't actually. Lamar Jackson. It was Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he didn't do diddly that game, really. He threw two picks. Um, he does he does run in an offensive touchdown that 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 game, but it really was the defense. BC blocked a kick and returned it for a touchdown, and Louisville picked up a fumble and scored for 46 yeah. yards. So okay. two touch two touchdowns, not you know, outside of the offense. Yeah. Um so I you mean you know what? It's interesting that, that they've had similar quarterbacks in the game, you know, very similar. That is so funny. Because Malik Cunningham and Lamar Jackson, pretty similar. College wise, yeah, absolutely. And just like overall build wise, where they run and pass. Yeah. Yeah. Where they have 100%. that versatility. Where it, it's like mm. when we when we saw Lamar Jackson play against the Pats, there was a couple of times where it's like, oh, that's a sack. Nope. 20 yard gain. Yeah. Oh, that's. And so he's able to wiggle out and he's still able to throw it down the field. And I feel like Malik provided the same thing for Louisville where he's like able to wiggle out of scenarios and rush it in and also throw the ball down the field to keep, you know, just it's like, how do we stop this guy? If he can do everything you want a quarterback to do. Yeah. That's so, that is that blow. You know, it's, it's all coming back to me now because um that, that season, that's when I first, that was when I first was living in Florida and um He's from Boynton or he's from Pompano, Pompano Beach, but he played at he played high school at Boynton Beach High, which was two towns north of where I was in Boca. Well, and I remember like that was that was when I first moved down there. And like when we played him and then I remember this other kid, this kid from Philly that I was watching the game with who was you know watching it with me. And he was like, yo, that kid played at Boynton Beach High. So it's like all coming back to me now. That's that's crazy. I can't believe I didn't remember that. So um, what we do remember is that that was in the midst of like, what, an eight game losing streak. Yeah. And I mean, I don't necessarily think that the outcome of this year is going to be any different than that year. So I think this comparison holds, but do you have any more hope for this team than you did for that team? Do you remember your outlook thinking back like to those times when you like, you're able to remember where you were. Do you remember how you felt? Yeah, well, so they lost the week. So they back to back weeks. So they when they beat um, Northern Illinois, that's when Jonathan Hilleman, who was their starting running back, he broke his foot in that game. And then the following week, when they lost to USC, Duke Darius Wade, their quarterback, broke his leg. It so wasn't that Duke was that they played after Northern Illinois. Was it? Yeah, they lost seven nine, and then it was the, the infamous. Uh, are you th- you're thinking later in the season when they after they beat after they lost to Louisville? I just pulled up the 2015 schedule, so I don't mean to like uh, pretend like I knew no. like I knew it off the top or anything. But um, so they they went you know Maine win, Howard win, Florida State lost, Northern Illinois win. So right oh, there, it was before I was thinking. So I said after as before. So they lost Darius Wade their quarterback against Florida state. And then the next week was when they lost Jonathan Hillman. So I, I just, I just flipped them. Yeah. You had him flippy dip. Yeah. And then, yeah. But um, yeah. So, I mean, the outlook of that season, it was like kind of written on the wall. Well, you, you, we really knew going after the main game, you kind of knew that it wasn't a very good offensive team 
And then when they lost their quarterback and they were playing Jeff Smith and Troy Flutie, that it was really just just a terrible offense. Because even the the Duke game when they lost nine to seven, I'm pretty sure they had like a pass interference in the end zone called back or some wonky touchdown um, that they should have that they should have scored. So, so not Wait. to bring you back, but how did you feel then? So, like, were you because it looks like you know, looking back on their games, their defense was a stud and it's just their offense was absolutely trash. And like you brought up a couple of the injuries like this year, we have, you knew they were bad. Yeah. You knew they were bad. So you knew that they were really good defensively and that they were just sucky on offense. So you knew like they, they were just overall not a good team because it wasn't even that, like it wasn't even their offense could scrape by and they could win on their defense. It was like their defense was so, or their offense was so bad that they they couldn't rely on their defense at all, which yeah. honestly makes the fact that their defense was that good because their, their defense, defense was, was on, really good. The defense was on the field all freaking year. Um, so compared to this year? Feel, feel much better about this team. Even though we're going to have like, the same record, most likely, I, I think it's a good takeaway that I feel better about this team. Feel much better about this team, because um, those two players that went down for you. I mean, who knows? I mean, if those those two players, those two players play, maybe you still go three and nine. I don't necessarily think so, but with that said, the fact that the their two players went down and they were still completely trash. Excuse me. I think the fact that. You look at this team, and I, I just think that they're a lot more um, balanced at least on offense from an offensive standpoint. I mean, the defense is just unworldly, and you you know you can't really compare. It. You know, it's 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 almost unfair to the current iteration of the team to compare it to like that defense because you're absolutely not going to stack up to it. But overall, I feel much much better about this team i mean let's be real like they 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 won an, even if they have the same record they won an acc game their yeah. schedule their schedule was really they they played two fcs teams that year so technically one of those wins so if they so had they gone six and six that year they wouldn't have been eligible for a bowl game because they had two fcs teams so they also that year had five games that were decided within three points. You one of them. Those... One of them was against Notre Dame too. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, and you're talking about the offense taking major hits and and having a tough time scoring. If if they keep their you know one A offense out there the whole time uninjured and they score three more points a game the rest of the season, Wait, they had five. They had how many games did you say? So we can go over it, right? The they had the seven, six. the seven and nine, uh, week four, or uh, week five, five, yeah, five, and then week six was zero and three, and then week eight was fourteen seventeen. That's the third one, and then week, yep. uh, and then the last two weeks, Notre Dame, yeah, they had five, four and five, yeah, five games decided yeah. within three points that year. So the defense mm-hmm. kept them in it, and the offense just couldn't push them over the edge. Had they had a better offense, maybe they win five. You know, maybe say they win three of the five games. That's six wins. I don't think you can yeah. – and so, like, I agree that I have more hope on this team, but I don't think there's, like, three wins you can flip if there was, like, one thing that was better about this year's team. 
Not yet. Like, okay, so O line, like you put in, uh, you put in like an O line that's a bunch of uh, seniors. Like maybe then I go, okay, there's no reason this team couldn't win three more games. Yeah. Good defense, good O line, quarterbacks. Okay, if he can screw his head on tight, he has some good running backs and some good receiving options. I don't know. What do you? Where's your Where's your glaring weakness if the O line is is really good? They're just uh you know saloon door right now. They let lots of people through. They 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 kill drives is really what it is. You're driving down. They they do three good plays, but they're one bad plays a 15 yard sack and a potential fumble. And it's like, well, can kill you. Yeah. Kind of like the offense. If you can't score more than zero points or three, seven points or nine points, you know, like these low scoring affairs, if you can only put up one touchdown a game, like you can't really win. So you can't block, you can't really win. So I, I think that you can kind of look at that similarity. If there was just like, if you could just turn this one thing around, you really could unleash like a whole new team. Yeah. Well, if you, if you look at, so last week we comped like the four games. And then if you are to comp like five games now, so they're, they'd both be two and three and they had back to back those back to back, like the three, nothing game and the nine to seven game. Um, so yeah, they, I mean, hell you flip those. They were, they I mean two and three. So they'd be four and one potentially. And their only loss was a 14 to nothing. And Florida state was like, they were top 10 that year too. So they, they were, that was when they were like Florida state, they were, they were number nine. And that's when the quarterback went down right in that game. Yeah. Second beginning that's, of that's the second tough. half. That's tough. Yeah. Then, well, they do, they were losing, they were losing seven to nothing, like the entire game. And then Jonathan Hillman fumbled the ball in the fourth quarter and they returned it for a touchdown. It, that yeah. was that was that was that was such a brutal game to watch. That was Jalen Ramsey game. recovered that fumble. Did he? Yeah. I remember that. I remember but, that play. It's always cool familiar. when you're like Lamar, like we were just thinking about Lamar Jackson, the past yeah. Jalen Ramsey. Like mm-hmm. that's cool. You know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Outside of what the discussion, that's just pretty cool. That was the bandana game too. Troy Flutie played that game too. He was terrible. He, he played on the same field as. Uh, he was terrible. I think he got. I think he ended up getting like arrested or something. I don't even know what happened to him. He didn't last, obviously. He was he was not good though. That team was so bad to watch. They ended up having a walk on, a walk on from Wellesley, ended up playing quarterback for them. You, John Fadule. I think it's Fadule. It's either it's either Fadule or Fadule, but they were really they were they were terrible. And then uh, Jeff Smith ended up. They're like, you know what? You're you're gonna play receiver. <laughs> <laughs> You're you're not going to be a quarterback anymore. Just go catch the ball. You yeah, clearly can't throw it. it. Yeah, stop yeah. doing that. <laughs> Do this instead. We're, we're done with this. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I definitely do feel a lot better about uh, this team. I think this team has a. I think this team has a better foundation potentially. Because even like so, even after after this season, the next year 
they went they went six and six, but they got smoked and they they lost 49 to nothing to Virginia Tech. They got absolutely curb stomped by a Clemson. And I'm actually I'm gonna save that trivial part, but they all their all their losses that year, they were they got like bombed on. So it really wasn't like a good that wasn't like a good team either. So they didn't so like you look at that team and you're like, you know, the three and nine. 2015 team and you think oh well maybe they were building something or they were getting you know they were just all young and they were building but they they really weren't building like the, their their follow-up season was actually pretty atrocious too hopefully that's not the case in this scenario for us real quick then we can we can keep it moving but um i know you'll i know you'll love this on notre dame in that 2015 uh mm-hmm. season was Tory Hunter Jr. Oh, I love that. <laughs> was That's he a safety? Awesome. No, he was a running back. It looks like. Uh. Let's do. Let's do a uh, real quick, real quick Google search. This is this is dope. I can't believe this. I didn't. I had. I didn't know he played football. Looks like he played. Looks like he plays baseball too. Must have played both. That's awesome. Yeah, I would assume that he played ball baseball too, right? I guess that's crazy. Cool. You learn something new every day. Tory Hunter Jr. Right. Notre Notre Dame. Looks like he played too. He's a captain. Captain of the uh, football team. Pretty cool. Love to see it. Yeah. Let's um cool. Let's keep it moving. My bad. No, you're good. Um, if you could, let's move into the Clemson preview. Um, but before I give you my preview, uh, rewind the tape a little bit uh, and give us a little history of BC versus Clemson. I would love to. So we have a trophy between us that we haven't seen in a long time. Not sure if it even still exists. It's funny because they they have this like, it's like a leather helmet trophy and uh Clemson just clearly just doesn't care about it. They mm-hmm. they could care less. So we haven't beat them since 2010. The first three years that we were in the ACC, we beat them. Uh, 2005, 2006, 2007. 2006, they won on, which is, actually, this could be a good omen. They In 2006, they beat them 34 to 33. Mm. Missed extra on a blocked extra point in overtime by Matthias Kiwanuka. So that's cool. Uh, 2017, or it's 2017, 2007, uh, when BC was, you know, their apex, apex season, uh, they beat him in Death Valley 20 to 17. That was, I mean, that, that was, that was an awesome, awesome win for them. Uh, haven't had, haven't had too much success. So after those three wins, the last time that we beat them was 2010 and it that's when Clemson, you know, became Clemson. The only, the only other time, I mean, we, we, we tend to play him tough every single year, but you know, we haven't, we haven't been able to beat them since then. Uh, the past two years have been really been, have been very uh, close. I would say closely contested matchups you know, the, the 2020 game, we were up on them big at halftime and obviously they, you know, rallied and they, they won 34, 28 and 
Trevor Lawrence didn't play in that game. And then last year when BC lost on ugh, they lost on the final that final drive when they botched they botched the snap. But I would say, I mean, they they played them really tough the past two years. So, and I know we were talking about that a little before, where it's it's unfortunate that going into this game, we don't feel that, you know, maybe, maybe that momentum and that real sense of belief that this can be the year that we can actually get over the hump after playing them so well the last two years. So I think that that's kind of disappointing, but you know, it is what it is. We have played them really well. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. Um, Let me take you into uh, Clemson's year so far. Um, Offense is prolific, 41 points per game. They're number two in the ACC. Uh, The passing game, 261.8 yards a game, number five or ranked five in the ACC, 175 rush yards a game. Um, Number one in the ACC in third down conversion, something that you don't like to see as a defense. Even if you back them up in the third down half the time, they're pulling out, uh, you know, conversion. Going to be tough to stop this team from putting up a lot of points. Uh, 41, I said, a game, I think it was. Uh, that's that's cause for concern for BC's defense, um, especially, especially when you consider their defense. Number six in the ACC is Clemson, 21 points per game. So, well, they average 41 points, but they average letting up 21 points. So they're blowing doors on teams is basically what, what the story is of Clemson season. Uh, number six in ACC and yards allowed. So it's a little bit flawed, right? And that's why I brought up points, number six in points allowed. So you can kind of, you can score 21 points a game on them. Number one in rush yards allowed per game. And we can't rush the ball at all. So it'd be interesting to see then to move the thought over to passing. If you can't run it, and they stopped the run better than anyone. You got to think that BC is going to go after them in the air. And what did BC do last week was attack the air very well. So there is a little glimmer of hope there that BC might be able to hit them up over the air. They're ranked 12th in pass yards per game. There's 14 teams in the ACC. So they're in, in the basement when it comes to uh, pass yards, but six in points. So they'll let you get a bunch of yards, but they're not necessarily going to let you score a bunch of points. So uh, it's like almost a bend but don't break type of defense. It'll be nice if they can keep bending them and and if they poke a couple field goals through, at least chewing up clock, right, to keep the defense off of the field because that's one of the things we talked about in the last episode was that the defense is always on the field. They're either BC's offense is scoring quick and getting off the field quick when they turn it over. Um, talking about their pass rush, they do have 11 sacks on the year and six picks on the year. So it's it's a, it's kind of like it reminds me of an old school Patriot style defense in the sense where they bend, they don't break, they turn the ball over and they sack the quarterback. Um, so we'll we'll look to see if some of those points come, um, you know, come true to fruition uh, in the game this upcoming Saturday. Um, I'll go right into the three players and then we can kind of figure out how we think BC should attack this uh, this team. OK, Barrett Carter. Um, so I got three and there's two main ones here, but I'm going to start with Barrett Carter, 25 tackles on the team. And I tried to look for like who their defensive, like a defensive person that I thought would hit all angles um, in this game. He's got 16 solo tackles, 25 tackles. He's third on the team. He's got a sack, a pick, four pass deflections and a forced fumble. So he basically hit every single category that a defender could have um, throughout the, the 
the first beginning quarter or whatever it is of the season. Uh, it kind of reminds me of a Cam Arnold type player can go back and make a pick just as well as he can sack the quarterback, just as well as he can deflect it or force a fumble with a big hit. Um, and he's also out there making solo tackles. So we should see him flying around. Um, next is Will Shipley. 66 carries, 413 yards, 6.3 yards a carry, and seven touchdowns um, this year. He's also got nine catches, 80 yards. So he does both. Um, sometimes you see a running back only run the ball or really only come in to be like that third down back that can catch it out of the backfield. He'll do both on you, and he'll stay in the game most of the time. So look to see Will Shipley in the backfield. Um, and then lastly, I'm going to take a stab at saying his last name, um, and don't hate me for it. Uh, DJ. Let's go. Uin Ungulale. All right, that's where I'm going. DJU. Um, DJU. Um, if you look up his odds, <laughs> I, Brett's laughing at me right now. I just said that name. <laughs> I am. <laughs> that, but it's it's kind of like uh, deserve. I, I butchered the name. I sent. I basically sent you to the slaughterhouse with that one. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, I was up for it. Plus 2,500 2, to win the Heisman. Ninth best odds to win the Heisman is DJU. 1,242 yards on 65% completion percentage. He's got 11 picks and only, uh, sorry, 11 TDs and only one pick. I believe he's already got more touchdowns this year than he does last year. I could be wrong though. Um, he's second in yards and third in TDs in the ACC. He also runs it too. He's got 55 carries, 242 yards and three TDs on the ground. Um, when it comes to his passing game, uh, it's beautiful in the way that he spreads it around. He's got five receivers all in the mix to catch the ball. Um, there's five receivers with over 13 catches and the team lead has 17 catches. So he's spreading the love around. He's got three wide outs and two tight ends that he all equally pretty much gets into the mix. You ready for this? Yeah, I've been ready. Born ready. Uyungulale. Oh, nice. You did it too. You were just making me feel better. <laughs> Uyungulale. <laughs> I can provide no feedback because obviously I don't know. <laughs> I like, just yeah, I last felt, week with Yaya. I felt bad, dude. Like I can't, I can't. You're my man's. So I can't be letting you just get killed like that. I, 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 I gotta, I gotta take a little heat for myself, self-imposed. But you know, I got you. You told me to call him DJU, and, and I will. So I how, how, how we stop in DJU, my man? I mean, this guy seems prolific. He is the past, the past two seasons, they've gone after him. Um, not sure if, so that's the, that, that's something that I'm curious about too, is it sounds like he's matured as a quarterback. Mm. Like the first year they played him, Trevor Lawrence was still there and it was like a spot, it was spot start. The second year, there he was all over the place. Like he, he he was missing throws like bad too. He was missing wide open people. It sounds like he settled in. I mean, he should. He's he was a five-star recruit. Mm. I you know how they stop him. It's it's he's gotta be the best best quarterback on the docket. Out of all the quarterbacks they're gonna go up against, so that they have gone up against, uh, he's got to. He's probably the best. Um, it's gonna be a challenge. I'd like to I see them try to confuse him. Hmm. I just. I don't. I don't know if they're. I don't. I don't. I don't know what the recipe is. I. I mean, obviously, 
I, I would just say pre- pressure the hell out of them. You you have the personnel to pressure them. I think you bring Jaden Jaden Woodbay up, uh, Cam Arnold, and I think you just blitz the hell out of them. I think you need to provide some help for uh, Elijah too. What was it, Elijah Jones, the guy that they picked on all last week? Yeah, I mean, he can't keep getting picked on the way that he was, and you need to provide some help. And that's what I said, confuse him. I agree that they um, have to blitz him. I just don't think you can commit too many people to the blitz or else you're just going to get burnt in the pass game. Uh, you know, you bring seven guys, you only have, uh, you know, what, five left over to cover the pass, especially when I think you need to help Elijah Jones in the pass game. It'll be interesting to see how their creativity comes into play, stopping the pass while not committing too much, too many players to, to, to any one thing. I think you counted one, one too many players. What did I do? I, I, I could, as I was talking, I'm like, oh shit, I have to add this up. And I was like, I think I'm going to add this up wrong, but I was willing to just roll with it because everyone knows. Yeah, no, I just, you I guys just figure it out with, at home. I just wanted to mess with you. It counts on your fingers for crying out loud. But I don't um, have that many no, figures. No, yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think you can, I don't think you can, you know, engage eight or all out, all out bless them. But I think that if you're mixing in, if you're mixing in kind of your secondary players and bringing, bringing them down and really just attacking them. I think that's the, the, that that's probably the clearest, clearest path that I see. And it coincides with you saying about confusing them and, you know, really just kind of mixing, mixing up your secondary and mixing up your coverages. That's, that's how you're going to do it. I don't know if, you know, you'll be able to rattle him. But if you can, I think that that's probably the clearest way to do it. So I don't know. I'm I'm ex- I'm 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 looking forward to see how they match up against them, especially after the showings that they've had the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see if if Halfley and company actually do have his number, or if it was just the fact that it was, you know, 2020 a COVID year, and last year the team wasn't wasn't as good, and now they're reloaded, restocked, and they're just going to come in and, you know smoke us but we'll see well you proposed the question is there room for moral victories i mean can we take away like if they do stop him in the sense that he doesn't go absolutely bonkers and it's like all right they actually fought them in that game and didn't get their doors blown is that a moral victory do we even have room for that unfortunately yes i'd be 100 percent too that's i mean yeah are you looking if your victory if your only victories are going to be in the win column you only got one thing to look forward to like I was alluding to earlier, um, like the expectations coming into this year and based on the results from last year or the last two years against them, I, I think that there would be less wiggle room to look at moral victories. And I think it was like, this has to be the year that you get over the hump and beat them. But I think being a realist and seeing how poorly that they have played up to this point, that yeah, there has you have to take into account that moral there 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 there's room for moral victories now, which is unfortunate. I have three moral victories I really want to have because I know that we can't win the game in my opinion. So what I would like to see is that the O line take another step forward. I thought last week they took a a good leap forward, and so if they can build on that in any sense. And I don't necessarily know if I have the specifics now, but I'll know if they did it or not when the game's over, if that makes any sense at all. Um, I want to see them build on that. I want to see Phil stay on target like he did last week and not regress back to inaccurate Phil because Phil was was lethal 
last game when it came to his accuracy. We talked about it. Three incompletions, two on drop passes, and his pick was a drop pass. So um, he was pretty accurate, very accurate. I just want to see him eliminate some errors, and that's in a way that I'll see Phil progress, where he stays accurate and eliminates the mental errors. Uh, on top of, I think he did a great job not forcing it to Zay, just getting it to Zay when he's open and them creating plays for Zay to get open and them working and him hitting them and it being almost like that simple. Um, third big takeaway is that the defense actually shows up. Uh, they've been letting up 30 points a game, but I think they've been doing it well, if that makes any sense at all. So keep, <laughs> keep that train going. If you let up 30 points, at least, you know, I just want to see them turn the ball over now. I just haven't seen them force a huge fumble at a key moment or pick the ball off when you're in a drive momentum swing. It, it feels like they either force a punt, which requires Phil to go the whole field or they let up a score, which requires Phil to go the whole field. They need to help each other out. Offense has to stop screwing the defense and the defense has to stop screwing the offense. Yeah. Mine's mine's really simple. I just want to see them compete deep into the fourth quarter. I just, as long as it's a close game in the fourth quarter, then I think that that's a, the moral victory that I'm looking for. Not if a you don't see nine to seven game. If you see then Moorhead, we, they didn't. Yeah, we didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then that's I'm, not a bad then, mark either. Did you bring in the backups? If you have to bring in the backups, you got your doors blown. We are hoping yeah. to just not have to bring the backups in to always have a chance at, yeah. at some sort of scratching win. Ten points or less with with nine minutes to go is what I'm looking for. Well, this kind of bleeds in in well into uh, want to make some predictions, make some bets. Yep. Um, right now, Clemson, um, and then right now, just for the viewers, we're talking on Monday the third, so this stuff changes. But Clemson's favored by twenty and a half, and the over under is fifty and a half. Where do you sit? Brett's um. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking. I, I honestly am. I'm I'm wondering if um if they can if they can keep it under 20. You know, I'll say Cle- the Clemson money line. Um I'll say I'll 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 keep my positive hat on and and say that they cover the spread and then I'll I'll say over 50 and a half. So you're saying when you say cover the spread, you're saying that BC with the points yeah. is what you're taking. And yeah. that you I'm sorry, what was your over under? Over. Yeah, I mean I think the over is a gimme, right? With Clemson scoring 41 yeah. points a game. Yeah. You only need to score 10 points if you're BC to, to hit 50 if if you're yeah. playing averages. So I'd love the the over um, Clemson, obviously money line. And it really gets a little bit tricky with the 20 and a half. Cause it's like, well, I think Clemson's going to win big. And if you erased Louisville from my mind, I would easily take 20 and a half, but Louisville comes into play and it's like, man, they scored and won that game. But I just keep thinking how, if they don't block that extra point or if Malik plays the whole game, or if like one or two little tiny things work out for Louisville and we lose that game, there's no way I would even consider the 20 and a half. I would go right back yeah. to BC losing by 20 and a half. But there was like a little bit of glimmers of hope that I don't know if they're fooling me or if they're just like, pay attention to what you saw, dude. You saw some things that you liked. Yeah. Um, so it's got me torn. 
but I want to learn my lesson. So I'm going Clemson money line, BC with the 20 and a half points and over 50 yes. and a half. <laughs> we have yes. the same picks. Uh, Welcome this week. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, all right. I don't know. I'm already like sitting here going, ah, oh, damn it. Come on, BC. You need to put up some yeah. freaking fight now. Um, don't don't blow it on me here. <laughs> so, I mean, the last time that the BC beat a, uh, 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 what, a ranked opponent was in a red bandana game, if I have that right. So it was the red bandana game. It was the inaugural red bandana game. The first. 2014. It was. Yep. I can. So what I'll do is I'll take. uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a little. A little history, and then I'll I'll give the premise. Premise of it. I'll give the premise of it now. So basically, I got. I got all. All eight uh, editions of the Red Bandana game going back to 2014, and I ranked them. And so we have 2014 against UFC. Uh, 30, 37 to 31 big win uh, over nine USC. That's the last time BC's beat a ranked opponent. Uh, we talked about a little earlier, 2015 FSU, they lost 14 to nothing. 2016, they lost to Clemson 56 to 10. But little side note, BC kicked the first field goal of the game. And guess who ended up winning the national championship Clemson. So BC took a three, nothing lead over Clemson. (laughs) And do you know who was quarterback of that game? No, tell us for, for Clemson. No, tell us. Mr. Deshaun Watson. Loser. In 2017. So 2017 was fun. 2017 was really fun. That was uh, FSU. They won 35 to three. That game was really, was really cool though. Uh, Obviously that year they had started two and four. That was the Adazio famous quote of, you know, it's going to come together. It's going to be beautiful. And I remember looking down that schedule and just being like, well, they had beat, so they beat Louisville. And then I'm like, okay, so they probably beat Virginia. Virginia's not that good. Uh, they'll beat UConn. You know, and I'm, I'm just kind of like going through it. Um, and I, I had chalked FSU up as, as a probable loss. But, yeah, they came into that game. It was an awesome night game, and they absolutely throttled them. Mm. It was just a great, great all-around great all-around game it was, a lot, it, was a, it was a lot of just fun it was fun you know which uh we'll get into it in a minute but not all these bandana games have been fun the miami one in 2018 that was another fun one um they lost the uh, fsu in 2019 38 to 31 uh, they lost to Notre Dame the COVID year, 45-31. And then last year in Phil's return, they beat Virginia Tech 17 to 3. Um, so to rank them, what I what I mean, the de facto US USC 2014 game, like that's obviously number one. Mm-hmm. For number two, I went with the 2018 Miami game. And the reason I picked that game is because the Eagles had a lot of hype around them that year. And they were really expected to be like, that was the first time they were ranked since Matt Ryan. That was the, they, they just had, they, they just had a lot 
a lot of of steam going into that game. They had a lot of expectations. Um, they were five and two. Yeah, they were five and two going into that game. So there was just a lot of lot of expectations. Obviously, the season didn't end as well as we would have hoped, and that's why I put it ahead of the. 2017 FSU game where they blew their doors off. So the 2017 game when they rallied after a two and four start and went on, you know, to go five and one to end the year. But I I just felt like the expectations heading into the 2018 game and actually winning that one against Miami was, it was, I just felt like it was a little bit more special. So I put that ahead. And then number four, I had the, the Phil game the Phil return game from last year. And so those are the, the four, the four wins. And then to rank the losses was pretty freaking dicey. Cause it's just like, all right, like which, which loss wasn't, wasn't so bad, you know? Um, yeah. How do you rank I, losses? Are we putting yeah. like, the, like the, is number four now like your best loss, like your favorite loss? Yeah, I guess like the 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 least the least one the one that stings the least, I suppose. All right, so or loss like, that stings the least in the red bandana series. Yeah, and then so I'll I'll kind of exp- I'll I'll kind of ex- explain the crate like the how the criteria variables that I I kind of factored in. So like when they lost fourteen to nothing, the atmosphere of that game was wild and. They they just competed so well in that game, and it was just it was front to, or start to finish. It was a fun game overall. It was a close game, so it was still an enjoyable uh, bandana game. And then I put after that for the number six game, six out of eight. I put the absolute barn born burner or where they got their uh, barn doors blown off. Uh, 56 to 10 by Clemson. I put that six simply because Deshaun Watson at the time, I didn't know he was an absolute D bag, but it was just really cool uh, seeing him just absolutely go nuts. And I, and, and I wanted to put Notre Dame as low as possible. So that's why I put Notre Dame below them at seven. And also that was like the COVID year. There was no one year. So that game was lame. And then the worst bandana game. And that, that, that's why. So the losses, the loss rankings of the losses don't matter too much in my book for what, for the point I wanted to make for, for this, but the, the worst bandana game in, in my opinion was the 2019 game when they lost the FSU 38 to 31. And the reason why it was the worst game is because it was a, it was a day game in November. It was it was just like terrible. Every other every other bandana game was a night game against a marquee opponent, and this game was like a two o'clock start on a cold November day. It was like when we went to the Wake Forest game last year. Yeah, it was just a random November game that was just during the day. It was just like the most like absurd thing. So that was by far the worst. What do you think this one's going to rank? What do you think Saturday is going to fall into this? Oh, great question. Because I, I mean, great question. I mean, we're, we're assuming it falls into the loss, so it falls into that second half. Uh, where do you know? Say say they lose by twenty and a half, exactly like the line says, and there's over fifty five points scored, like we predict. Where, where do you think this falls in? So it'll fall, it'll fall after 
it'll it'll fall after the um the so the the Clemson 56 to 10 game was six so this one will be seventh and then the Notre Dame game will be eighth and then the gross day game will will be dead last so it'll be third <laughs> third from the bottom I like how your like criteria for like the losses is like uh I don't know what the right word is, but it's like uh, fuck Notre Dame, so they're always going to go below everyone else. Yep, I hate yep. I hated I, the two I o'clock like, start, so you're dead last. All right, so this. I like started. how you. I like how you <laughs> pulled up on that. That's exactly what it was because like you would like when I was going through it, I was like, oh yeah, the fifty six to ten game, like that's obviously the worst. And then I was like, wait, no, like <laughs> Notre Dame, Notre Dame worse. Yeah, we so don't it's like, like everything figured itself out after that. Yeah, yeah, but the um. The US the USC game obviously won. And then I, it was just fun. Like I looked at like the the Miami game was really fun with the you know their expectations for that year. Then the, after the bandana game, they parlayed it. The next week they went to Virginia Tech, beat them, and then we had because of that, we ended up getting college game day for the Clemson game. So two weeks after the bandana game. So I mean, there's been some cool moments in the games. And I think that just like what the game actually stands for and how, how much it, you know, it, 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 it means to the program and it, it's been, it, it's part, it's ingrained in the culture. I think overall, it's just, it's really cool. Obviously, you know, they're four and four in the game. It's not like, you know, I wish it was more so like, like, yo, like them Eagles, like they don't lose on bandana night, but they lose. I wish. I mean, and also like bandana game can only mean so much once I feel like once I have this image in my head of like once BC figures it all out and it all gets, you know, all gets uh, rolling the way that we want it to get rolling that uh, these games do mean more and these games do become like a little edge BC home game bandana game. But when you're playing Clemson and they're the number five ranked team and you're BC and you're not sniffing a good season, (laughs) it's like. It, yeah. these, the bandana game is more than what it's actually truly is at that point. It's no yeah. longer like about the football at that point that you have to bring it back to, to the true meaning, which is, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, you know, the person who, who sacrificed their life for, for, you know, the greater good American hero. And you know what I'm dubbing this, I'm dubbing this red bandana weekend. I like because, it. You know, Friday. Yeah. We're going Friday. We're going to the hockey game Friday, hockey home opener. And I think that that is a beautiful way to honor the American legend, Wells Crowther himself. But also speaking of, you know, speaking of hockey, like, what's up? You got some, you got some thoughts like, dude, Cutter. You know, know. do you know Cotter? I mean, Mm -hmm. let's introduce the world to Cotter. I I mean, I don't know if I can say his last name completely well. Gothier, maybe? Gothier? Gothier. Yeah. So he's a center. We'll find out tomorrow when he scores. Or sorry, Friday. Yeah, Friday. Um, Number one or round one, number five overall pick by the Flyers. Uh, so yep. that this kid is obviously making an impression on more than just the BC fans. He's making gonna make an impression on the NHL one day. Um, he makes an impression on the Flyers, obviously. So first line center for BC will be cool to watch him play. I know they didn't have much success in their exhibition game, but um, that's just purely exhibition. It's like spring training. You're working on stuff. So you know, who cares about what the result? It's really what the coach and the players take out of it. And um, 
Yeah, I think Cutter is a player to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really cool that they have like a top end, top end young talent player mm. again, a la uh, Boldy and and Newhook. So I think that having like the fresh blood, who's you know a a blue chip prospect, is big because they didn't really have that last year. For me, my my biggest thing is going to be if uh, Nestorenko and Kuntar are going to be able to take that next step. I thought that they had phenomenal freshman years. Their sophomore years, they didn't regress, but they didn't really take that next step that they thought they would. So now that they're juniors, they're upperclassmen, they're going to be top six forwards. I'm really excited to see if they can actually, you know, kind of step up and be the leaders of of the team. So I'm I'm really looking forward to watching them, especially Kuntar. He's a Bruins Bruins uh, draft pick as well. Yeah, third round, 89 overall out of yep. Buffalo. So he's a local, you know, somewhat local guy. You know, yep. talk, talking about leadership, I mean, it starts at the top. Greg Brown, new head coach, um, served under Jerry York, went to the Rangers for a year. Then, you know, as head coach of a, a USHL team um, who I just like had to Google it and look it up. He won 16 more games than they did the year before. So really kind yeah. of flipped them around. Um, mm-hmm. Good to see. I mean, 16 or however many years was it? It was like 20 something years under Jerry York was like the head assistant coach or the head coach. Uh, it was a high ranking title, if not the highest ranking title besides head coach. So um, I want to see. He was there for 14. 14. He was there from 04 to 18. So he right. won uh, 14 years. Three, yeah. na- three national championships, I think. Yep. I mean, uh, and, the- and hopefully you can turn this team around too because, uh, you know, the goalie play last year was pretty hard. Right. And that's going to be some, that's going to be a storyline to look into like who, who, if any are going to be able to step up and actually. Well, the rumor, the rumor is that we have while they're competing again with Mitch Benson. I'm excited for Mitch Benson. More excited than I am for Wilder to compete. Yeah. And I'm way more excited than to see Dop again. Well, I've, I, the reason that I like Mitch Benson is that it's he's his fourth year. It's experience. Yeah. Wilder only played seven years, seven games last time. You know, sorry, last time, last year. Yeah. Well, and the thing that concerns me with Wilder is that he wasn't able to beat out Dopp last year. And yeah, I mean, Dopp Dopp played straight up not, 33 not games. good. Yeah. yeah they, they had the same stats. Good. They had essentially yeah. the same stats. Three goals a game for Dopp, 3.07 for Wilder, 90% save for Dop, yeah. 8, 8, 89% save for, for Wilder. They're the same. They just, Wilder only played seven games. So it makes me think, well, what if he played 33? Would he have better numbers or would it just get even worse? So goalie plays something to focus on. Wilder did definitely did not pass the eye test last year, even in like the couple games he played. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you look at stats and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, well, he only played those seven games. Would he have played better? Based on the eye test, I, I would I would tend to say no. No, but um, they didn't have much in front of them either. I felt like at times. Yeah, yeah. Another, another, and my, I guess my my last point on this um, is the fact that now that Greg Brown's the head coach, all of all of the staff stayed from Jerry York more or less, which is really interesting. I love that. That's support for Greg, right? Yeah. They're not out because York's out there. It's like, nah. Yeah. Greg will just take yeah. over and we'll keep it rolling. They still got Mike Ayers. They still got Brooks Orpeck. They still got that dude Buckley. Like they still have all, all you know. And that that that's a good transition too, yep. especially for the the kids that are still 
from last year's team too. So it's like, yeah, you got a new head coach, but you know, I feel like the sense of continuity is going to be really good for them. So yeah, I'm excited. Same program essentially. And then the last yeah. point I have for hockey is we've got three Bruins skating around out there for the, for the BC Eagles. And or the, the other Bruins. two. Um, you mentioned Kuntar and, and then of course they got these names that I can't pronounce. Um, Andre Gasow, Gasow, maybe um, he's a center. He uh, was picked in the seventh round. Um, he's six four, two fifteen, so he's gonna bang. Um, oh, is uh, real quick, Andre Gasol. Gasol, there we go, Cali yeah. kid. Um, so I hope to see him banging up against the boards with that big six four, two hundred fifteen pound body. And then we got Os. Maybe it's Oscar. That's just like me being like an American. I think it's O S K A R. It's like Oscar. You probably is probably how it's really said. And then J E L L V I K. So Jelvik, maybe. Anyway, I'm gonna say forward. I'm gonna say Yelvik. Yelvik. Yeah, you have mm-hmm. to add like some sort of like, pronunciation to it, right? Well, anyway, sure. Yelvik. Fifth round draft sure. pick, 149 overall. He's a little bit smaller of a body in 5'11, 181 than than Andre, but out of Sweden, second line. Looking for him on the wing. Um, should be interesting to see those three guys skate around and hopefully then skate around for the Bruins one day. Sweet. Love it. With that being said, can I ask you 20 questions? Good, sir. Load them up. Let's do it. All right. Clips being loaded. Um, so the first question isn't so much an opinion. I want to give you some trivia to start off the night or ask you a trivia question to start off the night. Okay. Who's the first Boston College player to win a Heisman? Um, was it Charlie O'Rourke? It was your man, Doug Flutie. Oh, okay. Um, thoughts on BC storm in the field. I know we talked about it briefly last episode. How do you feel about it? I mean, it's not, it's not a great look, but like, like kind of like we were saying before, I mean, they are college kids. It, you know, you're excited. Be excited. It, it is kind of a, it is kind of a lame look, but I'm not, I'm not going to hate on it. Thinking back to like BC weekends, how do you rank um, a Friday night hockey opener and a red bandana back to back where you're attending both of them too? How do you rank that in your BC weekends? Gotta be top five. It's going to be a good one, man. How excited. It's going to be real good. Yeah. Dude, the red bandana jerseys, they're all swagged out in general. I just think it's fire, but this brings in, I, I'm asking you questions here. So the question is, why can't we buy any of this shit? What is up with man? What is up? Bookstore. What are we doing? Like, like, I want to give you my money. We want to give you money. Like take our money. We want, we, we do not want to keep having to buy uh, name redacted knockoffs in China. Please help us out. <laughs> please help us out sell the stuff (laughs) speaking of stuff being sold before the game 50 percent snacks off uh what's your go-to pregame snack what are you loading up on on friday on friday so on friday i'll get i'll get two dogs i'll get hopefully they have coke zero shout out coke zero love that shit way better than hopefully yeah my my guy uh put me on the coke zero at fenway over the summer Mm -hmm. so yeah i'll get a i'll get a coke zero two dogs and then the popcorn is so hit or miss sometimes, but you always got to go grab. around. You got to go around the corner True. and get the, the yeah. popcorn guy. Yeah, you can't you get do. it from the concession line. That's right. Yep. 
So you got to get a bag of popcorn because the popcorn will last you throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Every If I'm feeling frisky, I'll grab a pretzel uh, and then I'm eating like half of it, not yeah. even half of it. But I'll And then I'll also grab like a bag of M&Ms as well. I was going to say, you need a little candy to disperse throughout the game too, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm with you on, on that order with the double dogs too. It's almost like I go there. You know, I leave my house. It takes about 45 minutes to get there. So like, you know, it's dinner time and, and daddy's yeah. having dogs. That's uh, right. Home <laughs> opener. <laughs> we talked about hockey. We talked about football. Let's not disrespect the basketball team. Uh, will the Langford brothers repeat at BC's leading scores? Damar, yes. Makai, if I'm, I'm, I'm not, so it's not a definite yes based on the fact that I don't know if Makai will be. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say no because okay. I think that the, they have the, those two incoming freshmen. So I think one of them is going to be a leading scorer or Jaden Zachary, but no, I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, thinking transitioning back to football. Who are your three stars of the season so far? And it can be player, coach, unit, team, you know, like, you know, you can categorize how this you want. No limitations on you, baby. I'm going to go Emmett's flow. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Zay, obviously that's, it should, it should be Zay and two stars, but um, (laughs) it's a gimme, right? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go. I'll go Zay. Um, I feel like I have to give love to the Palma. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it has to be. Uh, so we got Zay, the Palma. I don't know. I'm I'm like stumped. On the third star, I'm freaking stumped. I want, I want to say, I want to say those boys that had the fire halfly sign. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So uh, that sets you up, or are you? Or is that just a joke answer? I kind of like that as a third answer. It it was joking, but I, I, that's where I'm at. Roll with it. All right. Three biggest disappointments. Uh, Phil. Darwo. And uh, Halfley's offensive coaching hires. So the offensive line coach and the offensive coordinator. All right. This is kind of a two-parter, but um, last time BC beat a ranked opponent. We talked about it. It was a red bandana game. Let's play the if game. If BC were to pull up an upset this week, how will they have done that? Through the air. And if they have done that, let's say they did do that, yeah. how would that change your future outlook? How would that change this season's outlook, the next season? You know, how would that change what you think about the team? I think it would go right. I think it would have to go right back on track to how I was feeling about them before the season. Isn't it kind of interesting how quickly things can sway? Yeah. Like all of a sudden, they if they were to just come out of freaking nowhere and win this game, you're like, okay, so we had two fluke losses and let's keep it moving. Yeah, the offensive line is fine. Running the running game's fine. 
Phil's Phil's back to 2020 Phil and we're now we're rolling. We're rolling. <laughs> On that topic, USA Today put BCS, the 11th ranked team in the ACC, after week five's uh, win over Louisville. Louisville's ranked 12th, so one after BC. Virginia Tech's 13th and Virginia 14th. Uh, do you agree with this assessment? No. Where would you have the teams? Like, what would you change? It was uh, Louisville, Virginia Tech, and Virginia. That was 12, 13, 14. Yeah, it's the yeah. bottom of the league. I'd probably, I mean, Virginia Tech did beat us pretty. I know, pretty, right? Uh, They're two spots below us and they beat con- us? What? Convincingly, you know? Kind of makes me think, do I not know something? Like, does someone else yeah. know something I don't know? Yeah. Weird. Anyway, and, yeah, weird, and, right? Um, yeah, we beat Louisville, but Louisville lost super close to Florida State. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a Recency weird ranking, bias. right? Yeah. 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 Recency bias, I agree. Um, all right, slight transition. Uh, you got a song that you've been pumping out those headphones lately? Give me a jam. Ooh. Ooh. Let's see here. I've been on like I've been on like a um I've been on like a real old school old school That's kick fine. lately. Oh yeah, no, I didn't mean to box you into a new song. Just like what's been no, on. Like, tell us no. the song that you've been on repeat for you, even if it's an oldie but goodie. Yeah. Let's 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 take a uh, let's take a peek peek at what my my recently recently played here here is looking like. So I, I did go to this. I did go to this concert recently with my dad called um, Little Feet. So I've, I've been playing their live album a lot recently. But and I, and I know you're you're not gonna be able to appreciate this, but uh, I, I have had Kanye on. I, I've been listening to "Touch the Sky" by Kanye because I like the the Lupe verse in it. I like old Kanye. You know that. I just yeah. Think yeah. He's lost. Lost yeah. himself. But grad, grad, or not graduation, late registration, Kanye is what I've been playing recently. Uh, let's same question, but uh, TV, Netflix. What uh, I know, you went through the Dahmer in like two <laughs> seconds. What what did you move on to? <laughs> uh, so my buddy, my buddies were trying to get me to, or not trying. They were like telling me about the the Lord of the Rings, and I'm like, nah, like that's just not my jam. Um, I did start watching the uh the the new game of thrones series are, are you into that at all no no not because yeah due to lack of trying not because i don't like it right actually you want to know a show that I, that does an absolute banger is the uh welcome to wrexham oh. the, uh, the the ryan reynolds and rob McElhaney show the soccer show like ryan reynolds make me roll my eyes but then ryan gets me uh, what's the how do i say his last rob, name again? rob, rob. McElhaney. Macalini, yeah, the guy from Always Sunny, yeah, like yeah. he brings me right back in. So that that might be Bro, on the list. He's so funny. They're out of their freaking trees. It's so funny. It's a good. You'll you would like it. It's a good show. So basically, the premise is they bought like the worst English professional soccer team. Oh right, yeah. And they're like trying to make it good. It's good, dude. Speaking, of what's not good is the Celtics controversy. You got any thoughts for us? Man, do not free Eme. <laughs> don't breathe, you may don't. might need to stay away for a minute. Uh, why does it always free, happen to something like geez, free like, Nile on free Nile yeah, right? 
She's available. And she she moved to Boston. So like, right. what's up, girl? Hey, got to shoot your shot. That's um, right. Do you agree with them burning Broom's red shirt? Yeah, I do. He, he showed he, he's already showed why. Um, yeah. I mean, because if he's if he's that good, the potential of him leaving after three years anyway. So, yeah, I agree with them burning it. I guess we'll we'll kind of have to see, but yeah, I agree. I'm a, I'm a, I think that he's the best running back they have. Um, Zay needs eight touchdowns in seven games to break Kelvin Martin's record of twenty nine career touchdowns for BC. Will he fall short, tie the record, or break the record? Break the record. Of course, he fucking will. Um, Zay <laughs> Flowers is projecting. I just looked it up online today, and who knows if it's old or, or not, but let's just use it. Zay is project, projecting um, 110th overall fourth round draft pick. Is this way too low? Way too low. I think that he could be a hidden gem if he gets picked in the fourth round. Yeah. Um, this, the knock on him is that he's 5'10 and he can't go up and make those big plays. It's like, all right, keep doubting him for being three inches too short. He can jump. Did you see the double coverage play where you ripped it out of that guy's <laughs> hands? Like, whatever, dude. Um, if we lost that game, what would you be saying about Phil's backward pass fumble that we're not saying today? What a question. That's a That might be your best question. Just that he's absolutely trash and that we need more head. We'll be going more head, more head, yeah, more head, yeah. Like, what the f? You know, what is wrong with you? We can't continue to start Phil. Is what we would be saying if we lost. Yeah, and then all it took was that one little thing. So I just feel like there's so there's like so many little tiny things that could break a whole opinion a whole new way. It's kind of crazy. Um, last question, twentieth question. BC will send eight individuals to the BC Varsity Athletic Hall of Fame before the game Saturday. Notably, Jamie Silva. Have any thoughts on either Jamie Silva or just the overall eight people going into the Athletic Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's my boy's favorite player all time. Um, dude was an absolute truck stick. I uh, the myth has it, or rumor has it, I should say, is that they invented the truck stick in Madden after one Jamie Silva guy was an absolute animal dude oh my lord fours number 44 incredible he was on the Matt Ryan team too the good old days yeah (laughs) they'll be back someday don't you worry um yeah congrats to Jamie Silva that's great is he gonna be there are they gonna are they having like a ceremony yeah Sweet. Most of the people so we'll graduated recently. Uh, I think it was like one person from 86 or something, but everyone else is like Sweet. a recent grad. So be cool. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, and we'll be there to be able to watch it. So it'll be you know, extra cool. Damn straight. We will be. It's going to get rowdy. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, man. That's that, 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 that's my, my final thought is just, I, I just have genuine excitement um, between the red bandana game, you know, Maybe not as much as I normally would, but I think coupled with the home opener for hockey, yep. I'm I'm friggin' pumped. I have three final thoughts, and I want to take it in a slightly different direction. Um, 
Well, sim- I'll stay on, on direction. I'll go to different direction. Uh, Kobe White came back, five catches, 57 yards in the wide receiver one role for Maine this week. So I know right. we were talking about him when he was injured and he was out, what, two or three weeks since too. So nice to see him come back. Old school, you know, old, old talking about older guys. Okay, um, shout out Boston College Lacrosse. lacrosse. Good work. Good talking there, Pete. Uh, Charlotte North named ACC's Female Athlete of the Year for the second straight season. So uh, yes. nice to see BC get recognition. Um, yes. It's also nice to branch out of the normal sports that we talk about too. Although I know nothing about that sport besides it's kind of like hockey standing up. Um, Me neither, except she's an absolute <laughs> beast. Right? Back to back. That's yeah. sick. Good for her. Um, and then I have a new favorite BC baseball player. I was just like, I, I know we talked about it last week, like committing to knowing a little bit more about the BC baseball team. Um, Samarath Singh. He's the first observing sick. And uh, so he wears a turban while instead of a baseball bat while he plays. And he has uh, this beard and it's, it's wicked cool. And I love it on two levels because um, it's a Catholic, it's a Catholic institution and they have the first observing sick. Um, and he's wearing the turban. And, and the reason he came here, he specifically called out the coach saying the coach took an interest in like what was going on with him and who he was. Um, and so he was talking like, you know, I, I want players that practice the same as me to be able to look up to Mike Trout, to be able to look up to those players, but to give them someone that looks like them. Um, I mm-hmm. think that's just a really cool story. And so if you're not interested in baseball for any other reason, maybe get interested in just for like the social aspect of it all. And he pushes too. Yeah, he's good. It's not like he's he just shoves, like a scrub. Dude, he's Tommy good. John kept him out, but usually sometimes that yeah. bounces you back. Yeah, he's nice. Yep. Hell yeah. Love it. Can't wait. I can't wait to get back there and check check out some bird ball too. Absolutely. So yeah, episode episode seven officially, as you would say. In the books. Damn straight. So we got BC hockey home opener Friday. We got Red Bandana Saturday. It's a great weekend to be an Eagle. The road to 10 and 3 goes through Chestnut Hill, 730, Alumni Stadium. And uh, oh, before, make sure I haven't been plugging this recently. So we have Instagram, we have Twitter, follow us. At BC Banter Pod, uh, email us at BC Banter Pod, or yeah, BC Banter Pod at gmail.com. Hit us with anything, hit us with questions, hit us with feedback, what you want more of, what you want less of, questions you have that you want answered, any, any, anything that any, you know, anything that you'd like to hear our goofy asses opinions on uh anything we'd love to hear from you uh, a couple of people already we've been interacting with uh, it's been it's been a great experience so far so keep doing that um keep reaching out keep letting us know so bcbanterpod at gmail.com and yeah so with that uh go eagles roll eagles <laughs>